Welcome to the Transition Strategy. I am your host, Natalie Holloway, and this podcast is designed to help you learn about ways that you can plan your transition from defense. I talk to ex-serving members about their transitions. I talk to veteran-run organizations, but I'm also going to speak to experts in areas such as finance, psychology, business coaching, housing, and much, much more. I will also do some solo episodes where I bring all this information together for you to help you with learning how to plan your transition. So tune in and I really hope you enjoy today's episode. All right, everyone. I hope you are all having a wonderful day. Now, I have Nat J Hall in today to have a chat with me. She is a business and money mentor who helps purpose-led business owners embrace their personal power and feel empowered around their finances and money so they can make smart, strategic and intentional money moves and create more impact, wealth and fulfillment in both their business and lives to minus the burnout. Nat has over 16 years combined experience as an insolvency accountant, CPA working in insolvency and turnaround, owner of a successful health and wellbeing studio and is a CFO and COO consultant and business mentor. Wow. That's a lot of things that you do. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. That's okay. I'm really looking forward to having this chat with you because I guess one of the things that I've seen with the defense community is the struggles or the um, not knowing how to best manage our money while we're serving in defense. Like majority of the time it's young people coming in who are 18, 19 years old never had this lot like these large sums of money given to them and they don't um may not be making the best (laughs) choices for their future and that potential of if they have to discharge in the future so I thought it'd be really good to get you on to have a chat um but let's first start what are some of the common things that you have seen when working with people um and their struggles with money yeah, I think it's, I mean, money is an interesting topic because it's um, obviously got the practical side, but there's a lot of emotion behind money as well. So we have a money story and that plays into how we then go and interact with our money. So from a practical side, it's something we were never taught at school. So unless you studied to be an accountant or did business, um, even if you did business, you don't necessarily do the accounting side. So it's not something that we were taught, which just seems absolutely ridiculous because money is something that is in everybody's lives. So yes. there's that part to it. Not a lot of people also don't like maths. So then they naturally just think money is maths and don't want to deal with it. And then, like I said yeah. before, with the relationship with money, so we all have a money story that, um, and our money story is generally brought along truths that maybe we heard when we were growing up, whether that was from our parents, our teachers, the media, whatever was going around, our peers, our teachers um, can even influence it. And so we go throughout our adult life and we think that that's our truth as well because very rarely does anyone ever question why they do something, especially when it comes to money. Like, why do I do this? Where Mm -hmm. did I pick that up from? And so it's only when you actually take time to, I guess, dive deep, deep dive into your relationship with money that you realize, okay, maybe that actually isn't my story. I heard it from when I was growing up. That was maybe what my parents thought and they heard that from their parents and it goes down the line. And so getting really clear about your money story is really, really important because as I was saying before, that is the impacting how you're showing up with your money. And also just realizing that, you know, we, when we go to school and we do maths too, we do like algebra, probability, like all those sort of things. It's got nothing to do with your finances. Finance is really adding, subtracting, and there's so many apps and technology these days that does it all for you. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that would probably be the biggest one is that they just come with these, um, I guess, thoughts and limiting beliefs that are holding them back from actually taking any action um, going forward. Yeah, yeah. And I guess like with that, if you have a belief that you're not a good saver, you're going to play into that and you're going to spend all your money. Whereas if you have come from a real like um, saving kind of household, you may then be falling into that other piece where you're not spending, you're not having fun. And then it's like a struggle and it's like, I hate saving money. 
kind of yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you'll generally find people are yeah, either the savers or the spenders, mm-hmm. um, some sit in between, but generally you're on either side. And, yeah, exactly, it's generally come from your household and how you've um, been raised. So it's a really interesting topic. Yeah. So if in with that, like when they start to think about finances, what is the benefit of that, I guess? Well, such a big I think, um, you know, research shows that one of the top stresses in our life is money. Um, mm-hmm. Money impacts pretty much every aspect of our life. Like we need money in order to survive, to put a roof over our head, to do the things that we want. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, money doesn't buy happiness, but it gives us choices. It gives us choices to live the life, to make decisions, to be independent, to do what we want, when we want. So it's, um, yeah, really, really important that you do it as early as you can take, Mm -hmm. um, responsibility for your finances because, um, like when you're talking about investments, obviously the compounding impact. So it's really important that you get on top of it because, you know, I work with a lot of people in their thirties, forties, that when we look back, we work on our stories, you can start to get that, um, you know, that guilt and that disappointment that you could have done a lot more with the twenties, um, when you were looking at your finances, because we can also get really caught up with that, um, instant gratification, like we've got to have things now. We want to have um, the best of everything or the new technology that's out. And it's just getting really clear about, okay, well, what's really important to me so that I can make sure that I'm having the life I want now, but I'm also setting myself up for the future. Um, I think that's probably one of the biggest benefits of taking responsibility for your money, especially early on, is because um, you do have a future life. Like there's a future self that you want to prepare to make sure that you can still have a life that you really love now, but also you're going to be enjoying that life down the track. Um, so yeah, the earlier that you can take responsibility for your finances, um, the better you're going to be off. Yeah. And it sounds like getting, if you think about it and if you start planning about it, you can kind of get that balance where you're still being able to do things in the now, but also prepare yourself for in the future for when, you know, you're needing to support yourself financially because things may pop up and get in the way and you need that money there kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, if you take the time to look at where your money is going now, a lot of the time we're not spending money on things that are even important to us that were Mm -hmm. aligned with our values. We're buying it for, um, you know, whether we want to feel better about ourselves, generally we'll go buy something. Um, Mm -hmm. If we're feeling lonely or anxious, our next thing is to go spend money to try and fill that void. So it's... um, really important when you take the time to look in you will find generally that you have got some room to move with your finances that you can start putting aside and it doesn't have to be a huge amount um, but just mm-hmm. doing something consistently I think consistency is the biggest thing when it comes to finances um, and especially if you're starting in your early 20s then you've got such a long time to be able to mm-hmm. do it so it's just putting aside small amounts consistently they're going to build up over time and um, you'll find that you'll be very thankful um, when you're in that time for yourself back when you're in your 20s. Yeah, definitely. So I guess with that, like what are some of the things that people could potentially um, look for in planning that? Like what are some small steps that somebody could be making now to help them in their future with their budgeting or with setting themselves up for the future? How would they find that for themselves? Yeah, um, yeah, totally. I would start with creating a spending plan because I think a lot of people probably don't have one in place or they don't have one. And when it comes to a spending plan budget, I like to call it a spending plan, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. can feel that they're restrictive and they're limiting um, and boring. So it's about trying mm-hmm. to make it exciting but also to realise that this is what's really creating a framework for me to be able to thrive within, to know that my money's being taken care of so you're reducing that stress that comes from finances but also knowing, okay, well, I've got the money I want to spend now. I'm clear on what that is but I also know at the same time I'm looking after my future self. So I would start with just getting clear about what it is that you, so what is your wage, how much you bring in, if you've got investment properties, what's the rental income or dividends that you're getting. So getting really clear about what monthly income you have to spend. And then I would look at what are my expenses. So something that a lot of people don't want to do, but 
you know, create the scene, do a really nice, find a favourite spot in your house or go to your favourite cafe or place at the park, um, have your favourite drink, make it really nice and get your accounts out. So get your bank account statements, your credit card statements and go get a highlighter and go through and get really clear of where is my money going? What am I spending it on? Um, a couple of areas that you might want to break it down is to your living. So for living, for me, it's your non-negotiable. So it's what I need to, in order to survive, to have a roof over my head, to be able to feed myself, clothe myself. Um, so that's your utilities, your rent, your mortgage, food, okay. basic clothes. And what do I need to get to work to in order to generate the income? So that might be your car, travel, those sort of things, making sure that. And then look at your lifestyle costs. So that's eating out, other clothes, um, gym, subscriptions, um, holidays, trips. So those things that make your lifestyle enjoyable. And then um, you might want to break it down into if you are putting money away for savings as well. So getting really clear, okay, well, what are those particular areas um, is a really good place to start. And then what you want to do is obviously make sure that the income is greater than the money going out. So that's always a great place to start. Um, and then what you can do to make sure you're looking after your future self is to create an intentional success picture, I like to call. So just taking some time and to write down what does my dream life look like? Like how do I want to be living each day? Do I want to be going on certain holidays? Do I want to buy investment properties? Do I want to start an investment portfolio? Um, maybe you want to travel. Maybe you don't want to buy a house. So getting really clear on what that dream lifestyle looks like for you and also including the everyday. So how do I want to show up? What do I want to be doing in my life? Um, what does the house that I live in look like? What's the car that I drive? What do I do with my friends, my partner, my family? So getting really clear upon that. And then putting some numbers around it. So you sort of have a bit of a guide as to, okay, well, this is where I'm at. This is where I want to go. And then that sort of becomes your goals. So how do I reach that? So once you've worked out the original cost and you're within your budget, so your income is greater than what is being currently spent, um, you can then set up your goals. So if you wanted to buy a property or start investing, then you might start saving up for that. Um, get an idea, okay, well, this is the type of house I want to live in. It's going to cost me this much. This is what I need to start saving for it. Um, maybe you want to go on more trips, more holidays. Well, what do I need to put away for a budget? So then you're putting money aside for that as well. Um, and having a buffer account is also a really good idea. So your OMG account, your emergency fund account. So if something was to go wrong in your house or your car or you would have an accident, you know that you've got money put aside to cover those bills um, and that's put there. So that just helps you, I guess, give you that little bit of relief, makes you feel a bit safer. As to how much you put aside, that's totally up to you in order how much you need to feel safe. So it could be three months, it could be six months, nine months, 12 months. So that's quite an individual thing for you to work out for yourself. Um mm -hmm. So, yeah, so there are some things that I would start just getting that spending plan in place and getting really clear. And a great thing too is once you've done your intentional success picture, you're pretty clear on what is what are your values so what's really important to you and then going back and going, okay, in my current life, how am I living? Am I living in alignment with my values? Am I buying things that are really important to me? And if that's not, well, then it's a really good chance to start being really intentional with what you're doing with your money so that it is aligned with the person you want to be in your dream life. Um, because you can also, I think when it comes to living your dream life, it doesn't mean you have to go spend all the money right now to live that dream life. Obviously you might probably not going to be in the income position to be able to live that dream life. Now it's something that you're working towards, but getting really clear. Okay. Well, I want to have this life because it's going to make me feel. And how is it going to make me feel? And getting really clear on that feeling because you can feel that way right now. You can do something right now in your life that's going to allow you to feel that way. Generally, when we buy things, it's because we want to feel a certain way. So it's getting really clear on well, what is that for me? What does that mean? And how can I do that today um, whilst I create that dream life for me now? Because it's going to come a lot sooner if you're living and showing up as that version of yourself right now. Yeah. And I guess also like if you're feeling that way, like feeling the way that you want to be feeling, and then also, um, you know, being able to see yourself achieving the goals that you've set yourself, it kind of gives you that more like momentum and motivation 
to continue to do those things because it's like, oh, I can feel happy or I can feel fulfilled. You know, I'm getting to socialize with my friends, but look at all these things that I'm starting to tick off, even though I'm doing these other things that previously I was spending a lot of money on and not yeah. being mindful of where the rest of the money was going. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly, Jared. So, um, yeah, it's such a beautiful thing. And just to be grateful, I mean, there's abundance all around us and it's just a matter of being open to it and seeing it. Um, and I know at the moment with living costs and everything um, are quite high, but it's just about getting really conscious and really intentional about what you're doing with your money and making sure that um, the way that you're spending it is how you want to be showing up and that you can still feel really great about it because um, you can. And I mean, there's so much, th- so many things you can do in the world these days that doesn't cost a lot of money that you can still get that feeling mm-hmm. you want. Um, but yeah, the more aligned you are with who you truly want to be in the life you want to create, and you're doing that now, that dream life's going to happen a lot quicker for you. Yeah, definitely. What about like, so, um, in defense, there's, you know, you may have been serving say 10, 20 years and you haven't been on top of your money and they've had something happen and it means that they're needing to, you know, get out within 12 months or sometimes even less than that and I know that one of the things that I um you know I hear a lot in my rooms is the stress of the finances of that transition out so is there things that people could prioritize in that planning of a 12-month period to try and help them feel a bit more financially um equipped ready I guess as much as they can to try and help them create a buffer or what the prioritizing things are of looking at that to know where to target does that make sense and I know that everyone's story is going to be slightly different but in an overall what would be the things that people would need to prioritize yeah definitely I think when it's if you know that you're in 12 months it's going to be different just get really clear on okay in the 12 months Am I going to be working straight away? Is there a certain period of time I'm going to have off? How much do I have to need? And I think going back to where, as I go through your statements, and get really clear on what it costs you to live now so that you know, okay, well, for each month it costs me X amount to live. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to that next 12 months to feel safe, maybe I want to have a three or four-month buffer. So mm-hmm. if your living costs, say, costs 5K a month, 10K a month, you know that you need four times or three times that in your buffer account to just provide that reassurance that you know you have that money put aside to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, in ways to help increase that buffer is going through and looking at your expenses and mm-hmm. can you get better rates. So going through your service providers, ringing them up and saying, I've been a really loyal customer. I want a better rate. What can you give me? Because I'm looking elsewhere. Shop around. It's so competitive out there. And you generally, most times, it's always worked, you will get a reduction in your rate. Um, mm-hmm. And if they don't give it to you, look elsewhere because I'm sure somebody else wants you as a customer. Um, so that could be for your utilities, your phone, your internet. Um, if you've got a mortgage, going to your bank and trying to negotiate a lower rate is also something that you can do. And then just getting um, really creative with your food. Like, can you start planning a bit more? Are you somebody that might be eating a lot of takeaways? Um, Do you sort of go to the supermarket every day? Can you plan out your week and sort of buy in bulk and create meals that are going to do it that way? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, instead of eating out all the time, maybe you have friends over and everybody brings a meal over or does something like that. Um, are you using your gym membership? Gym memberships are a big thing that people you buy yes. and then don't use. <laughs> so if you're in that camp, can you, maybe it's best that you cancel. Is there a different way or do you need to find another gym or another form of exercise that's going to get you to move? Because obviously movement is going to help your well-being and make you feel really good and that's going to allow us to show up and be that better version of ourselves as well so it's just again getting really conscious going through line by line of all the things that you spend money on and just ask yourself is it aligned with my values is it important am I getting the best deal for my money the best value for my money and is there another way that I can maybe do this that isn't going to be as such a high investment as it currently is right now um Mm -hmm. I think there's some simple tips to do it but just getting really clear what money you will need in that 12 months and then breaking it down over if you've got 12 months. So each 
month, how much do I need to be putting aside or focusing on so that I have got that um, reassurance when I do um, go into that 12-month period. Yeah. I I love that you um, put in there to, like, check your rates and how much you're paying for things. I I don't know if this is a helpful thing or if I should even be saying it, but I know that um, my husband and I, we sit down and we do it nearly annually to just go through yeah. and check everything and we figure out if we can get it less because it's normally annually that insurances and stuff like that come in and they always go up. <laughs> yeah. Like every year they try to I go up that. and we're like, no, I'm not doing that. I want lower or I want to pay the same. Like I don't want to keep yeah. going up in my insurance premiums. So yeah. yeah, I love that. And that's something everybody should do. And it's a good thing to, when you set your goals for your 12, you do your January goals is to sit down and go through your finances. Um, and I mean, even six months, but even also looking at fees you're being charged. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't realize their fees. Also, if you have super accounts, if you just make sure you've, which ones you've got. I know a lot of people end up having four or five different super accounts and there's fees that are coming out of those accounts. And so you're actually losing money if you're not continuously putting money in there. So just going through and looking at them and checking what insurances are attached to them and which one is the best one for you to maybe um, consolidate all your super into that account. So that might be something you want to talk to your financial advisor or account with, but um, that's a really good place. You can also, obviously it might not directly impact you now, but your future self is going to be really thankful um with it but also with those annual bills even your quarter bills don't forget them because if you do if you look back three or six months in your statement some of those might not get caught in that review so just getting really conscious okay well what are these yearly payments and those quarterly payments and what you can also do is then work out okay if it's a yearly payment what's the monthly amount so that when that bill comes you're not getting caught out with a big lump sum payment you've actually been putting aside money each month so when that bill comes the money's already there same with your quarterly bills for your utility company your utility bills if it's easier you can even pay monthly amounts to them so that that sort of just adds up on your account and then when you get your bill you should have a credit applied for the money you put aside so that Mm -hmm. might be another way to help you with that money because I know a lot of people too can get um especially our spenders money will come in and money goes out as soon as it comes in so it's about getting clear and going okay this is my bills account I need this amount in this account to ensure that my bills are covered and this is sort of my splurge my fun money for the week or the fortnight or month however you want to do it so you are separating your bank accounts um because obviously if money's only one account we're going to see the balance and go oh <laughs> let's go shopping. look at all the money that I can spend. <laughs> yeah. I'm here. so if you set your bank accounts up in a way that's going to um you might when money comes your wage gets paid that make that your bills account so you know okay I need to have a certain amount in here for the month to cover any direct debits and then you'll have money go out of that account so money will stay for your bills and money also get put into your goals account um your buffer account and then your fund splurge account um, mm-hmm. so that that way you've got money in separate accounts and you're not taking money from other places. Yeah, I, I like that idea. That's such a good idea. Um, so with this, it sounds like, um, you know, some of the work that you do is helping people with the relationship that they have with their money. What would be some signs to indicate to anyone who's listening that they may need to have a tap into what their relationship is with their money? Yeah, if um, you hate money, <laughs> there is it. that's a really good place to um, start. If you, you know, just thinking about money um, freaks you out or you feel physically sick about it, um, that's a really good indication that your relationship with money needs to um, be looked at. If you spend money as soon as it comes in, if you use money as a way to try and fill the void, like I was saying before, if you find that mm-hmm. you get upset and you go and spend money or you're feeling really stressed and your ways to go and spend money, that can also show that there needs to be some work um, with your relationship with money. If you don't open your bills when they come in, um, that's a really another good indication. Um, if you don't have a spending plan or a budget in place, again. So things that, like, if you're not respecting um when it comes to money, it's a big thing about respect because what we do with our money is also generally a good indication of what's going on within ourselves. So it's, um, yeah, 
money, look at what you're doing with your money. And if it doesn't look like it's serving you, then it's generally time to um, do some inner work to help fix that relationship with money. Yeah, definitely. I personally find money like figures and budgets I find them so overwhelming so I'm (laughs) I'm just like it's too much um my brain just can't handle it so I'm very lucky that my husband does a lot of that for me like I'm I'm happy to save I'm happy to do that but trying to figure out you know how much we need to put away for a quarterly bill every fortnight I'm just like not that goes over my head you take care of it that's your job you do that (laughs) but like I'm happy to do this um the saving and stuff like that I just need to know how to do it like I need someone to actually show me okay this is how much you need to put into these accounts then I'm like oh yeah that's sweet that makes sense but trying to figure it out it just my brain just shuts down I'm just like no so (laughs) yeah it's not your yeah I think there's really good um spreadsheet like if you want to do the spreadsheet um, mm. getting budget spending plans that are all set up for you. There's apps out there as well that have the, um, the budget and can help you set up your goals and everything as well. So, yeah, mm. we're lucky there's a lot of tools out there. But, yeah, if you're in um, a partnership and one of you is more into that space, um, yeah, I think everyone works to their strengths as long as yeah. you come together and do it together as a partnership and you make the decisions mm-hmm. as a partnership um, because I yeah. know especially with women, you know, going back to relationships or money stories, it's never been the woman's job to look after the finances. It's always been told that that's the man's job. Like women are really great at money, um, maths or numbers, but we're great at spending. <laughs> and so it's about changing this, which isn't true. Research has come out and said women are actually better investors than men. Um, but it's just, yeah, working out what are your strengths with your partner so that maybe that you do um, allocate certain tasks when it comes to the finances for each. But I think as long as you come together and you're making the decisions and the goals together, um, mm-hmm. that's the really important part. Yeah, definitely. And, like, yeah, there's strengths in relationships and stuff like that like in terms of organization and knowing when's coming out I, I can tell you that I just can't tell you how to divvy up the money for the year yeah <laughs> um but it's good it's good to work as a team especially if you are a whole but it's also good for women I guess to also understand the money side of things because yeah. there is like I hope it doesn't happen but there is a chance that separations do happen and if you don't know how to get on top of your money by yourself then yeah it's going to be stressful it's going to be overwhelming and then it makes it hard for you to get those good habits back in because you're not sure how to do it so yeah it's um yeah it's something to be really mindful of because you do see and there's so much research women in their 50s that are in that sort of similar situation and um are really really struggling and I think women in their 50s are like one of the biggest things homelessness for them because the um the financial side they've separated and it just wasn't they weren't involved in it and um probably weren't, I think, especially if they were stay-at-home, the mums as well didn't have that income and things weren't set up in a way that allowed them to get the income in a way with their partner. So, yeah, for women I think it's really important that we do um, step up and take control of our finances and be um, involved in those decisions and the goal setting because um, it's your money as well. So you want to look after your future and also have a say in what's happening with the money because it as I said, it dictates how you show up in your life and the life you're creating. Yeah, definitely. So um, I guess with that, right, like so you spoke about at the very beginning about finding out what's important to you and what your values are to then determine, you know, how you, well, not determine, but to be more mindful of how you're spending your money and stuff like that. What about like um, our well-being and trying to you know prioritize our well-being how 
can we do that as well as being mindful with our finances and stuff like that? Does that make sense? Did I, was I clear with that question? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh, when it comes to wellbeing, it's such an important thing because in order for you to show up as your best self and to make the best financial decisions, you really need to be feeling great within yourself. So, you know, getting enough sleep as much as you can. I know we have all different circumstances. Um, so our ability to be able to get certain amounts of sleep is different for everyone, but getting as much as you can, um, you know, creating time for yourself is a really big one. A lot of the time I think we're go, go, go. And we're sort of in this um, culture where it's all about productivity and you're going to be doing. And that's like people use that as a definition of, definition of success, but coming back and really appreciating that time and just being whether it's five minutes in the morning sitting down having your coffee with no distractions um if you can do longer amazing but you know meditation journaling something that's going to help you just reconnect to yourself um nutrition so making sure that you're putting really great food into your body that fuels you that makes you feel really really good moving your body however you choose to do that whether it's running pilates yoga strength work cardio dancing walking there's so many great things to do so finding what works for you don't do it because someone said that that's the best thing or that's like figure out what's really good for you what feels really good for you because you're more likely going to want to continue doing it um Mm -hmm. so those things definitely help then you showing up as your best self because I know when I'm tired I'm not going to be making the best financial decisions and it's a lot easier for us to then fall into the trap of I'm tired or I'm feeling stressed I'm going to go um buy something and try and fill that gap rather than thinking okay well I'm feeling really tired and stressed. Why am I feeling this way? Is it because I haven't had enough sleep? Did mm-hmm. I go out and have a big night last night or did I not eat the right food? Have I not made time for myself, my family and friends? Am I making time to catch up with people? Um, so finding out what and when you do your dream life, that should also become really clear. What do I, what's really important to me? Is it spending time with friends and family? Is it going on trips, having a lot of me time? So getting really to know you and know what works best for you and to um, just go really prioritize those self-care because money at the end of the day is really about self-love. It's about respecting ourselves and loving ourselves to want to go and, you know, use our money in a way that reflects um, the time and effort we put in to generate that money, but also to go create that life we want. And so I think when you're focusing on your well-being, you're naturally going to start really loving yourself and respecting yourself. And that naturally then is going to shop in what you do with your money. So for me, it always comes back to you and looking after your well-being is one of the best ways to be able to do that and to show yourself that love and respect. Yeah. And I guess that makes a lot of sense. Like, I don't know about you, but I've seen people go the other end of things. So instead of spending lots of money, they are working themselves to the ground. They have very limited, um, you know, self cup filling activities in there because they're just trying to make as much money as possible to get this life that they want at the end, but they're not looking after themselves in the now either. Yeah. yeah, it's such a big thing. And I know I got caught up in my 20s doing the same thing. A lot of people I work with did the same. And I think that's, again, coming back to the dream, like what are your values? What's really important to you? Like why are you working and just focusing on that and goal? Are you actually live, doing it to get the life that you want? Because a lot of the time too we're living or we're doing it to create this life we think we need to have that shows wealth or power or success when actual fact it may be not even the life you want to create so coming back and going okay what is my dream life and how much is it going to cost me because also a lot of time it doesn't cost us as much as we think we need and so Mm -hmm. if you just get caught in that doing that go 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 you never take that time to actually come home to yourself and to go what's really important to me like all the external noise can stay out there come back within and get really clear on what that looks like for you because we're all individuals. We all have different goals, different visions, but a lot of the time we get caught up on what the external world's telling us we should live or how we should do things or maybe our friends are like that so we think that we're trying to keep up with the Joneses and it's about, no, well, what do you want? And getting really clear on that because, you know, if your sole focus is just to go and earn money to um, create this life and if it's a life that you truly do want, 
go for it, but just get really clear that that's what you want. And in the meantime, still live the life you want now, like create the life. You can still have a beautiful life now while you're saving up. It might, maybe it extends it for a year or two, but you know, life's meant to be lived and to have fun. And um, from personal experience, if you just continue in the doing, burnout is generally one thing that's going to come and catch up with you. And um, that's a lot of fun. So that's why I'm really passionate about that well-being side, just to make sure that you are looking after yourself and you are still creating that life you want now whilst you're building the life you want in the future. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I love that messaging because, yeah, um, I guess in the world of social media, we mm. get shown <laughs> all of these like lavish lifestyles and these amazing things like but it may not necessarily be what's important to you or realistically it may not be as achievable as what people are making it out to be as well. Yeah, I was going to say generally a lot of, and that's where social media you just have to be so careful with because it's the Mm -hmm. highlight reel and a lot of those people, not everyone, but a lot of people also get caught up in that lifestyle um, achievement. So they want to have this lifestyle, but they're just, it's built by debt. And so they're on this roller coaster, whereas they have to keep working in order to provide for this lifestyle that they've created for themselves. And as soon as they stop working, they're in big trouble. So you want to, um, you know, I think they sort of tend to have the rich life, but not the wealthy life. So we Mm -hmm. want to look at the wealthy life where we're living within our means so that we have money left over to build that wealth we want in our future. Because I don't think anybody wants to work for the rest of their life. People want to actually enjoy it. So it's just having that mentality, okay, well, you know, what's really important to me? What do I want now and in the future? Yeah, you can have the amazing life if that's the life you want to live. But, again, get really clear on it because I know a lot of people too are, you know, have that highlight reel and want to have that really extravagant life but actually are miserable and not happy. They're doing it because they feel that they want people to think that they're living a certain life or that they're putting out this um, version of themselves that isn't even aligned with them. So, um, yeah. so yeah, just get really clear on what it is yeah. you want. Or even thinking that that's what's going to make them happy. And yeah. then when they get there, they're like, actually, this isn't as great as what I thought it was going to be. To be. Yeah. Yeah. And now they've got all this yeah. debt. They've worked really hard. <laughs> and so um, if you can figure that out, um, before you get yourself into that position, um, mm-hmm. you'll save yourself yeah. a, lot of, a lot of money. Definitely. And I guess it's also like with that well-being piece, it's um, being mindful of the comparison game too. Like when you yeah. have your mate who's bought a boat and you're like, oh, my God, I wish I could have a boat too. Like that would be so amazing. But it may not necessarily be actually what you really want. It's just because Joe from across the road bought a boat and you think that that's cool. Like, yeah, you've got to keep up. I mean, yeah, let Joe have his boat. You go use it and go out on trips with him and he can cover all the costs. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> let him yeah, stress it is, about how he brings it up. Yeah, let Joe deal with all that and you just go out <laughs> with Joe and um, have some fun. Um, you know, it, it's definitely just something else to be mindful of because we're, you know, our perceptions and our beliefs about what other people are doing and what makes them happy may not necessarily be what we want to be doing and what's going to make us happy. So, yeah, the so comparison true. game is a nasty game to get involved in. It is. It's um, in all areas of your life. So, yeah, the clearer you can be about yourself, mm-hmm. the better it's going to be for you. Yeah, definitely. So are there any other tips or hints or um things that our community or the defense community could potentially think about or work in with um to help them on their financial well-being journey to be holistic (laughs) to be holistic um I think it would just be to you know embrace money and to really um work on your relationship with money I think it's probably the biggest tip because Mm -hmm. that underlies everything so you know surround yourself with whether it's um getting some books and reading about it maybe it's listening Mm -hmm. to some podcasts um each day or each week spend some time just um you know working on your money mindset 
working on that relationship with money and getting yourself um, up to date and educating yourself, I guess, around it because, like I said, it's something that we weren't taught at school. Um, there's lots of books out there to help you get started. Um, but I think when it comes to the practical side, once you get familiar with it, it is easier to implement, but a lot of it comes back to your story, your relationship with money and that story you have with money, because that's going to help you show up as the best um, version of yourself and want to take control of your money. So, um, yeah, I think that would be and one good way to help understand whether you do have whether the story you have around money, your relationship with money is actually your story, is that you can have a think about when you were growing up. I'm sorry, yeah, when you were growing up, what were the voices that you heard? What were the sayings that you heard? Um, whether it was on the kitchen table, maybe you heard your parents talking, your teachers in media, what were the, the different thoughts, beliefs, sayings that people had? And then for a week, walk around with your, if you've got an iPhone, you've got the notes section in there so you can write it there if you want a little notebook. And just think about, if you think about money, write it down, whatever that thought was. If you're talking about money, write it down. If someone else says something about money and it makes you feel a certain way, write it down. And then after a week, have a look at every time you spend money as well, put that down or you might save money. Just what are those feelings and thoughts that are going around? And then at the end of the week, just compare the list. And generally you'll see um, some <laughs> correlations, comparisons between Yes. And yeah. if that's the case, it's a really good indication that it's your current money story is not your money story. And I think that's a really exciting thing to do because you get to rewrite it. You get to write your own money story. So then, again, getting really clear, how do you want to feel about money? Do you want to love money? How do you want to feel when you spend money, when you receive money? What's that relationship? Because our relationship with money is very intimate, just like a relationship with a partner. So if you're not being nice to your money, if you're not talking nicely about it, if as soon as it comes in you want to get rid of it, or if as soon as it comes in, you want to keep it, hoard it close to you, you don't want to let it go. That way, um, you know, that relationship is probably not going to be a thriving relationship. So it's about getting really clear, okay, well, think of money, I guess, as well as a person. How do you want to treat it? And how do you want it to feel? How do you want it to make you feel? And, um, you know, even write a little page about that as well and start trying to then embody that relationship with money and see how that um, feels and maybe makes a difference to um, you because a relationship you obviously want to build is a long-term relationship, not a one-night stand. So think about how you're actually interacting with your money. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) But, yeah, I I love that tip as well in terms of writing down what your beliefs or what your like stories are that you're telling yourself in all these different circumstances to get the idea of what the common theme is or what that story is for you if people are struggling with that though like if people are finding it hard um to figure it out for themselves is there like would that be then going to say like a financial coach or a financial like who who would people turn to to help them determine um how to get that mindset piece back on track yeah so um yeah financial um mentors money mentors um if you're seeing a psychologist they would work around Mm -hmm. that side as well um but yeah there's yeah money mentors um coaches financial coaches um psychologists people that work um, mindset coaches could also um, mm-hmm. go into that if you just wanted to focus on that mindset piece. Um, <laughs> and one good way I should mention before is when you realise this is my common theme from that, mm-hmm. just also go back to the when you did the first part of looking at your finances and you went through how you're spending your money because, again, mm-hmm. that's sort of a good tangible way to go, okay, well, that common theme actually is really playing out because that I'm spending my money or handling my money in that way. So that's a really good way to um, get that tangible side of it as well. But, yeah, you can definitely reach out to a money mentor um, or a, um, yeah, money coach. So I work with clients both on that, those two different, on the practical side but also the money mindset side as well. Is there any podcasts or books that you would recommend that people read or look into? 
Um, yes, there is. Oh, oh, sorry, I've <laughs> this was a left to field question that I'm throwing. There is a great. You are a badass. Of... <clears throat> you are a badass at making money. Um, by oh, Jen Sincero, I think it is. Um, <laughs> so that's quite a good one around the money mindset, um, master the mindset of wealth. So I like oops. that. I'll have yeah. to get a copy. Um, so she's quite good. She's read, um, she's got a couple of others as well, but that's the one she's done on money. So yeah, that would be um, a good one. There's a couple of money podcasts, um, millennial Oh, money. my millennial money. My yeah. millennial money. <laughs> um, and, I yeah, think so they, they also, would be good. I think they also um, bought out a book recently. Too. Yes, I think he did. Um, And then isn't there also She's on the Money? She's on the Money, yes. Yeah, so that one's for females. I would say She's on the Money. Um, so yeah, that's another podcast. Um, and I think that's aimed around millennials as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and she also has a couple books out as well. Yeah, she does. She does. Yeah. And I think, um, my millennial money also have a, um, spreadsheet, budgeting spreadsheet that you can download too. Oh, awesome. Um, is that that part of, Um, yeah. It may either be with a book or it could be free. I'm not 100% sure. I can. Yeah, even if you just Google, there's Mm -hmm. heaps that you can find on um, the internet. So even um, on your bank's website, they generally have one that you can download as well. Yeah. So if you just go on there and Google. Yeah, and I find that the banks, I don't know about all the banks, but um, I know with Commonwealth they now categorise your spending, so they put it into like groceries and bills and all that as well. Yeah, which is so it's handy. All, um, set up for yeah, it does make yeah. life a lot easier. So it takes out a lot of that part that many people don't want to do. Um, so yeah, so I recommend though when you're first starting just to get the statements and get the highlighter out so that you mm-hmm. are actually doing it. Um, but yeah, then when you set your spending plan or budget up, there's so much tech out there that you can do it. But yeah, the banks are now getting on board and I think they even have a goals section in, um, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm pretty sure they have a goals so you can start allocating and it sort of shows you where you're at. Yeah. And AB does that. Um, and then I think it gives you like when you put your figure that you're trying to get to, it tells you how much you need to save each fortnight or weekly or whatever it is to reach that goal by that time period that you put in. Yeah, and so that's really good because a lot of people get motivated by that. Um, so yeah, that's and a really it's got good like motivation. a little dial thing that shows yeah. you how you're going. <laughs> like, okay. So if you spend that money on something there for a quick fix, yes. you're taking away from that big goal. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's, um, yeah, there are really good handy tips that you can use to, um, I guess, keep you on that path to where you're heading um, mm-hmm. and just seeing your money grow is also a really good feeling so um, yeah, yeah yeah all the visual stuff I find um because everyone learns differently but I think with when you are saving visually seeing the savings is going yeah to be a motivating factor but then also that feeling like you were talking about at the start of the podcast about you know if you're doing things that you enjoy and you're getting that feeling of like fulfillment or happiness or yeah I got to spend time with my friends that's yeah. also going to be that motivating factor to continue going along the path of the money journey that you're going on yeah yeah I think I think yeah that's a perfect combination like you can see the money growing but at the same time it's um it's about how you want to feel and feeling mm-hmm. that way because yeah I think we need something else to be motivated by than other just the money um and it's sort of yeah, the money's growing and the money's going to allow me to do this. But, yeah, I can do that right now because I have the power to create the life I want right now for myself. So, um, yeah. yeah, just finding things. I mean, there's, yeah, like I said, there's so many things. And if you're living, um, I think wherever you live in Australia, you're pretty lucky to 
um, have a lot of different opportunities to get things um, and do different things. Yeah, definitely. Like um, being defense, we get posted to all different locations and most of the time from the people that I've spoken to, it could be the people that I hang out with, but we always explore the locations that we move to. So when we were like, Aubrey Wodonga way we'd go free camping all the time because all the campsites sites along the river majority of them are free so you could just go there spend the weekend and not spend any money except for your food but um or down here there's all the lookouts and free like bushwalks and stuff like that so yeah if you there's always a will (laughs) To find There's things. always a way, yeah, and to push yourself outside your comfort, like do something that you haven't done before. Yep. Try new yeah. things and see different things and, you know, when we go, generally mm-hmm. go on holidays to have different experiences and do different things. I mean, there's so many things. I'm in Melbourne and there's so many things that I've, like, been here for a long time that I still haven't done in Melbourne. So just mm-hmm. finding out what's in your own backyard and going and experiencing it and, um, yeah, and making yeah. the most of it, so... Definitely. Yeah, no, there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> there is, there's always a will <laughs> and there's a way. Um, thank you so much, Nat. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, and if people wanted to follow you or to link in with you, how would they do that? Yeah, I, um, I'm on link, <clears throat> say Instagram. Um, my handle is natalie underscore j underscore hall um or my website's natalie com. yep i'll link them in the show notes for everyone as well um yeah thank you so much amazing thanks so much for having me i loved this chat it's been good listening to today's episode i hope you have enjoyed listening if you are not already you can follow us on facebook and instagram i have linked the show notes in the description for you if you would like to come on the podcast jump into my dms and let's have a chat i love sharing your knowledge with others but also chatting about your transitions if you like this podcast it really helps if you leave a review or share it with your friends and loved ones in the community I look forward to chatting to you all next time, but until then, I hope you all have a wonderful day.